0: Love Talk Radio Mr. great speaking to you live from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm so happy to have you join us with us again with uh, our podcast, Grassroots Holistic Talk Radio. It's really a pleasure to have you uh, join us as we continue to review popular books, bestsellers uh, within the uh, world community, and bestsellers within our uh, indigenous and local communities. Uh, The book title that we're going to review this evening is Games People Play. It just so happens I reviewed this book some seven years ago, and I thought uh, yesterday uh, that it would be appropriate for us to review it today, given the times and the experiences that we're going through during this pandemic. Um, Indeed, there are people who are playing various games, some who are very much aware of it and some who are not. Uh, because it's been passed down from generation to generation, from uh, culture to culture, society to society, and worldwide. There's all kinds of variations where we come to recognize uh, the essence of what Dr. Byrne, Dr. Eric Byrne, um, wrote so eloquently some 40, uh, actually 50 years ago. Uh, games people play actually revolutionized our understanding what really goes on during our most basic social interactions, more than five million copies later, Dr. Eric Burns' classic is an astonishing, revealing, as it was on the first day when it was initially published. Uh, we play games all the time. We play sexual games, marital games, power games with our bosses, with uh, our associates, coworkers, our family members competitive games with our friends, and detailing status uh, contests like um, what he calls martini, I Know a Better Way, uh, the Lethal Couples Combat Game. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in the condition that I'm in. If it wasn't for you and the children, I would have a more productive and happy life. The uproar game, uh, the flirtation game, stalking games, on and on. Dr. Byrne exposes the secret plays and unconscious maneuvers that rule our intimate lives and our um, social lives. It's explosive also when it uh, first appeared, where the games people play uh, recognize the original and influential popular psychology uh, that we have been uh, conditioned to embrace as being normal. And it revolutionized actually the psychological uh, arena, as it were. So I, I'd like to just, without any further ado, uh, start to delve into this, this area of the games people play. Um, my beautiful wife, Dr. Gray, Dr. Dor Gray, is joining us, and uh, I really appreciate her joining me each show that I, uh, each episode that I uh, broadcast because she always has a wealth of knowledge and, and things to share from her perspective that uh, I would not be able to. Um, so I'd
1: like to introduce everybody to Dr. Gray. Alafia everyone. Namaste. Shalom. Assalamualaikum. Hatapu. Yo. <laughs> Just saying <laughs> hello to everybody. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Yes. So, um, so onward with the show, the exciting topic. Absolutely. Um,
0: before we begin, I'd like to pay homage uh, to our ancestors, to give uh, praise to the one most high, uh, to acknowledge that we all have a uh, religious and spiritual orientation, and I embrace them all, and I give respect and honor to that, um, that embrace to all. And I also embrace the concept of I am that we are, we are one. We're interdependent upon one another, and we share a common a common journey, and that is to grow, to serve each other, and to to learn as much as we can. One of the first first things that comes to my mind is that I find that, uh, not only with the games people play, but there's another book called, uh, psycho, not sorry, Celestine Prophecy that deals with uh, the different personality traits, the poor me game, uh, the poor me personality, rather, the um, aloof, the uh, antagonizer, the intimidator. So all of these uh, games that are played, even though they might not be called a game in other books, they intertwine. But let's go back to the basic games that are, that are expounded upon and games people play. Number one, that's the adult. Uh, that's one position that's assumed. The other position is the parent, and the other one is child. And I'd like you to just think, which one of those categories, which one of those labels do you identify yourself with most of the time? Are you mostly an adult when you interact, first of all, with yourself? Do you uh, interact as as an adult or as a parent or as a child? Uh, How do you interact with your family members? How do you interact with your spouse? How do you interact with your friends? How do you interact with strangers? Do you present yourself as an adult, as a parent, as a child? And now, of course, this all depends, in my humble opinion, on the arena, on the environment. If you're in a a sporting environment where they're playing sports, people tend to become uh, fanatical, thus the word fans. They exchange amongst themselves certain childish, uh, childlike behavior, yelling and screaming, um, uh, cursings in some cases, uh, uh, dealing with competitiveness in terms of one team is better than the other, and if you identify with that team and you're living your life vicariously through the success of that team, then you're labeled as being lesser or better. If you're in the um, educational community, there's some people who play the game of being the adult, parent, or child. Of course, when you start going to school, you're a child, and if, and you have to listen to the teacher, who's the adult, and also at, at many times uh, playing the position of being the parent. However, that uh, label can be continued from grade school, from kindergarten to grade school to junior high, high school, and then to college. And, of course, we have the dynamic where it's not that just the teacher or the professor who is assuming the position of being the adult or the parent, but you have school classmates and schoolmates, uh, fellow students or, who are positioning themselves as being that. Then, of course, the workforce, you have similar dynamics. Yes, when you first come on board uh, with the job uh, and the environment that you're working in, you have people that will readily assume the position of being your uh, parent or being an adult and speaking to you as if you're a child because they're training you, because they have a superior um, position than you do. And depending on your growth, depending on your insight, it behooves you to recognize these traits and to position yourself so that you're not victimized by these traits which are adverse to you having peace and to growing and having and having a journey uh, experience that's elevating and allows you to accomplish what your objective is. So I, I find this so much important because of the fact with the pandemic, we have issues which we never could foresee uh, uh, three years ago or so, where people are working from home, and now with working from home, there are certain dynamics. They may have children. They may have a spouse that works. That lives with them uh, during their working uh, hours uh, in the day or the evening, for that matter, because some people work from home and they have evening hours. Um, but there's uh, a challenge in terms of you being able to focus and dealing with the dynamics of you being uh, the parent as opposed to uh, you being uh, the adult. And sometimes having to have challenges interactions even with your children because you play with them. And, of course, you play with, you have uh, fun, and it might uh, you get on the edge of being uh, childish humor or, or lower self. I shouldn't say lower self, but humor that's not necessarily adult in uh, and, and its full nature because you're being playful. But one has to know when to draw the line. One has to know when uh, it's appropriate to uh, assume these personality traits, and that's where it comes into being a possible problem. Uh, the husband who likes sports, uh, when he comes home, he, he might revert to being just a child because he wants to call his buddies, and they're on the phone or they're you know, commiserating, uh, looking at the game on TV, and they're yelling and, and causing a disturbance. And, of course, if the wife is trying to concentrate, the mother is trying to concentrate, she asks them to uh, to quiet down, and then there could be a possible conflict because of the fact that they don't recognize the fact that she is being a parent. She's being a, an adult to the children. Now, even if there's no children there, she has to concentrate on housekeeping and cooking and so forth and can't do that if there's a lot of noise and disturbance. Um, but let's get, get back to... One of the main issues, and I was talking about work, um, how to manage the behavior and to uh, not allow yourself to be abused by someone who wants to assume the adult position, uh, parent position, to interact with you by interrupting you when you're speaking. Oh, let me just start this by touching you, by, you know, you exchange a handshake. There's a reason why uh, in high diplomacy where people are seated uh, a distance from each other. So there is not that propensity or that urge to to reach to a person to punctuate a statement or a sentence or a thought. And in some cultures, that's a habit, especially here in the uh, capitalistic uh, uh, social culture where people are always, from, from day one when you first meet, and whenever you're around them, they want to up-womanship or one-upmanship you uh, in terms of their presence. Um, if they have a title in front of their name, they expect you to kowtow uh, and, and, and be uh, subservient to them on one level or another. If, they have, if you have a title, which they know of, uh, they expect that you expect them to be that way when that might not be your intention. that's the farthest thing from your mind. So sometimes people have to tell each other, oh, you don't have to call me Dr. This or Mr. That. Just call me by my first name. Uh, Okay, that might be something that's, you know, done and it might be acceptable. But with some people, you can't do that. You have to insist, I'm Mr. So-and-so, I'm I'm Mrs. So-and-so, and so that they will know that indeed you insist upon them giving you a certain modicum, of respect uh, until indeed you become friends if you ever do become friends um, I, I know that right now we have many people who have needs because they've been social distance from one another so they might try to uh, develop an immediate friendship with you the moment they meet you and and of course there's the the, the, uh, the, the problem of people not knowing where you're at emotionally and spiritually and intellectually with regard to the pandemic. So immediately people look at each other, are you wearing a mask or are you not wearing a mask? Some people consider that the person is not wearing a mask, they're not being an adult. Uh, If the person is not wearing a mask and they have children and the children are not wearing a mask, uh, they're not being a good parent. So there's a host of things which uh, this pandemic has uh, presented in terms of the dynamics of games people play. as also is is, in, is happening within the political arena. Uh, there is the fight for women's rights to give to, to have birth or to not give birth to a child, uh, and some people position themselves as being an adult or a parent in that respect. To dictate what their uh, preferences are. We have uh, now, uh, we have leaders who, I remember years ago, uh, listen, listening at uh, Khrushchev, it might have been at the United Nations, but he was at some world conference, at some world leadership uh, gathering, and what he did to express his point, he took off his shoe and pounded, on the counter that he was sitting at to make his point. So not too long ago, we've had leadership in our community here in the United States where people they might not have been pounding the 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 counter or, or the podium with their shoe, but they were acting very childish. They were acting very un uh, unprofessional, not as an adult. And for some reason, that has become normalized and accepted by a certain huge population, certain percentage of our uh, community here in the United States and even other parts of the world. So things change um, by, number one, ourselves. How do we treat ourselves? Are we being an adult and a parent to ourselves, to our body, to our psychic? Are we eating the right foods, thinking the right thoughts? Or, or, or are we being a child by ignoring uh, the, the health of our body, um, the, the health of our emotions, mind, body, spirit, as it were? You know, do we look for help uh, from, and, and, and assistance for those who are professionals once we realize that, indeed, we are not in control, we're not acting as an adult, we're not acting as a good parent to ourselves? And you do this by reading certain books, um, even with the advent of YouTube, you can go and put any subject matter in YouTube um, in your search uh, engine and come up with a solution, as it were, or an idea or a concept relative to whatever problem you may have. And we need to uh, share this information, books such as Games People Play with Our Children, so they can understand when they start uh, traveling into the, uh, their travel, their journey into the social community, that they have some understanding of how people are interacting with them. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, I had the experience with a very close person who uh, was dealing with, and even myself personally, dealing with people who I've known but I hadn't seen for some while, and they wanted to talk with me because they were very close to me. They wanted to start touching my arm and, and, and uh, even my shoulder. And I even got from one person um, a, a, a jab within my stomach, or chest, to make a point. I looked at the person, and one time this happened. I was in the car. This is before COVID, um, maybe four, five, six years ago. And I told the person, I said, look, you just touched me about, since we've been together for about maybe three minutes here in the car talking, you've touched me about five times to make a point. That is, is that necessary? Because if it is, I, I, I can understand from your end, but on, on my end that's not necessary, and, and I, I can't continue to talk with you if you're going to do that. So he looked at me somewhat amazed and astonished. If I should say, and he stopped. Well, needless to say, ten minutes into the conversation, he he started up again. So I decided to myself that I needed to end the conversation. That I needed to say, you know, hey, you know, it's nice seeing you. I have to head on, and and uh, he said, okay, I'll get out the car, and 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 I drove off. And I must say, I've done that maybe about. Um, four times, four or five times. I never shared that with you, honey, I don't think. Um, But I know that now you and I, we've had various discussions about people being inappropriate in terms of trying to establish themselves when they interact with you as being um, more important than you are and placing your position of being uncomfortable. Well,
1: people have been known to do that a lot, um, and what's so funny is there was actually an episode of a sitcom mm-hmm. that I used to watch where that was the subject. Oh. And the um, and the sitcom was Seinfeld. Oh interesting. I used to enjoy Seinfeld. Well, you know, I like sitcoms. There's yeah, yeah. nothing when I come home from work. I wanna watch something mindless that will make me laugh and you know, that's part of my therapy when I get home from work, to just relax and laugh and forget about whatever might have gone on at the office. Yes. And, you know, that's great. So there was a specific episode of Seinfeld where um, Jerry Seinfeld was interacting with someone who was a toucher, mm-hmm. and I think that's what he called it, a toucher, mm-hmm. and um uh, when he got with his friends later, he was complaining about it and asking, well, what would you do and what would you do? Because that's something that people have been doing for, you know, who knows how long. I find it very irritating. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary. Now, I think uh, sometimes people might do that and not realize that they're doing it. But there are other times when people intentionally do it. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, if if someone is talking with you, Mm -hmm. touching constantly, Mm -hmm. and uh, you move their hand away and they do it again, at that point, as far as I'm concerned, that was intentional. And, uh, you know, the the challenge with that is the venue that you're in because – you know, that happened to me recently, as I expressed to you, mm-hmm. with someone that you know, and I had mentioned that had it been a different venue and had you not been there, mm-hmm. I would have said to the person, you know, I, I don't want you touching me every time you have something to say, and especially now during this time of a pandemic, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even stand close to me. Right. You know, Absolutely. and that's, you know, that's my, uh, that's, that's the way that I deal with what the scientists say. Mm-hmm. You should be six feet apart and masking and yeah. all that. And great. And not everybody agrees with that, but the point that I'm, and, and they don't have to. Right. Because I'm not here to, to control anybody's life. Absolutely. But I am here to take care of myself, mm-hmm. which is the adult way. Yeah. So if someone does something that I don't care for, as an adult, I need to let them know. But then here's the challenge, because you didn't know what was going on, and I was the only one in the venue that didn't know everybody. Mm -hmm. So had I said something to that person, I had even said to you, honey, that everybody, including you, would have looked at me like I was nuts. So sometimes you have to pick your battles. But in general, you know, again, we all have a responsibility to our Self. If someone is making you uncomfortable, you have a responsibility. Even if you don't say anything at that moment, mm-hmm. you have a responsibility to yourself to not choose to interact with that person Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Make it your Absolutely. business, too. And if you are stuck in a venue with them again, then second mm-hmm. time around, no, you need yeah, to say something. You have to say something. you not to have to know. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, my my uh, self-talk has been um, with that situation. Especially now, during the pandemic, I made it a point to stay at least three feet away from a person. If myself and the other person was vaccinated, um, and if they weren't, if I had doubt, I made it a point to make it to make it six feet separation. Now that we're together, I still I found out that if you were vaccinated, you had your booster shot. Well, I want to maintain the three feet distance, so then indeed we are at least exercising some modicum of of control and and safety uh, between one another.
1: Yeah, the pandemic or no pandemic, the point I'm making is you have a responsibility to feel responsible.
0: If it wasn't the pandemic, (laughs) I would think that this should be actually a norm Mm -hmm. because why am I saying this? Because people have too much of an inkling or think that it's okay to invade people's personal, personal space. space, yeah, and I like to maintain my personal space. nothing personal against you, but I need to maintain my personal space
1: and another key is if the person um gets angry because you're defending their your personal space, indeed, indeed. then that is a strong message to you because now I would consider this person controlling yeah like who you know who are you yes. to to not respect what I just said, especially if you said it, you know, in a nice way, like, hey, you know, maybe you're a toucher, but that's irritating to me, so I don't want you to do that exactly. to me. You have every right to do Absolutely. that. And if they get angry because you do that, that tells you a lot yeah. about the person's character, and you need to make additional Absolutely. choices about your Absolutely. decisions of whether or not to interact with them.
0: Yeah. I have uh, people that I've told Absolutely. who curse, and I told them, right, I said, you know, I'm an interfaith minister, and one of my ministries is to teach people how to interact with each other verbally and with higher self-vocabulary. Cursing to me is lower
1: self-vocabulary. Well, you what know, hurts that um, and what makes people not understand that is because there are so many ministers in public and in private yeah. who curse. And so, you know, again, the, the key is interacting with people whom you know, whom you have, uh, whom their energy resonates with yours. Because with so many pastors and preachers out there not giving a second thought about what they say, you know, people tend to look at you like you're nuts when you say that. Because Absolutely. I think it's very widespread now. So it's widespread. So it's about from, taking care from, of
0: yourself. Yeah, from the cursing to uh, googling, uh, uh, eyeballing women in their vicinity. When they know that that's, you know, just one step beyond infidelity, et cetera, to uh, uh, Well, cooking, that's
1: actually to considered cooking. mental infidelity. That yes. is a form of infidelity. I, that's what I was
0: going to say. I, I was
1: going to say that. As, but, but, again, the key is as far as we're concerned. Yes. So, you know, yes. messages yes. have to be to those who are willing to hear the message exactly. because not everyone will agree with that. There, a so message. it's just good that you're stating what you're about and yes. what your message is, and whoever will, great, let them come. And whoever doesn't, that you know, everybody has that, right? Well, well there, I, like the expression, has that I like the expression, each one, teach one, reach
0: one. Uh, there's a very popular minister uh, in, in the community uh, of song, of gospel, and he admitted that he was addicted to pornography and that he, it took him years to get over that. And I applaud them for being so transparent. Well, so
1: do you know? I, because how many are addicted to it and, and they would never say. Exactly. And you, you might not know unless you have the unfortunate um, experience of maybe um, being in a social venue with them where that happened. Yes. So I, I appreciate anyone who's willing to give a testimony and uh, be transparent.
0: Yes, yes. So we have pornography, which used to be you only, you had to go to some some uh, uh, dingy uh, storefront, a uh you show, know, a peak show in Times <laughs> Square. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they're still around. Yeah, they're down and out. You see,
1: accessible on the internet. Yeah, I don't know if they're still there yeah, they're around. Well, <laughs> their
0: their demise is probably just just a moment, you know, a few days, uh, months away with the pandemic. But uh, the children, for, for crying out loud, are able to access uh, the, the the porno that used to be esoteric the access and these dingy uh, houses, uh, rooms, and storefronts. You had to pay a quarter to get in or whatever. Now that's free. Of course. On, you, on YouTube. Oh, you know, oh, oh. the so-called speak a was a precursor to that. So there's a, uh, a, a need, an urgent need for us as mature adults, for us as parents, uh, surrogate parents, teachers, spiritual leaders, to take a book such as The Games People Play to heart, to understand that, indeed, uh, our children and, indeed, adults, our fellow adults are being manipulated in ways in which they do not know and and also in ways in which they can perceive and they do know.
1: I'd like to suggest another book um, coupled with... Games people play that would go hand in hand, and that book is "I'm okay, you're okay" because that book yes. delves specifically into transactional analysis, yes. and and transactional analysis, as we know, is analyzing what is called a transaction. Transaction you can use synonymously with interactions with others. Yes, trans, you know, is so so many. Um, I, I find that happens a lot at work, and I, I even. Um, Mention some people are simply transactional and when i say that what i'm saying is that um certain people won't even say good morning mm-hmm. like if you're you know walk right past won't even say good morning as though you're invisible mm-hmm. but let them want something from yeah. you all uh, of a sudden oh hi how yeah. are you and that is a transactional type absolutely it? but we're all transactional it's just identifying which transaction we choose to do at that point in time with the knowledge that we can vacillate between different types of personalities all day. Yeah, I'm happy you to mentioned being aware, that. be you know, aware. But the name of it is I'm Okay, You're, you're okay. okay. Yeah, I have, I have that written
0: down uh, along with uh, Celestine Prophecy. And those books, those two additional books along, Very with, powerful. along with the games people play, we'll be reviewing in future episodes. Uh, the transactional piece is so important. Uh, Normally what you're looking for in a transaction is a win-win situation.
1: A fair exchange. A fair exchange.
0: An equitable exchange. As
1: though it was the barter system. Absolutely. Equitable exchange.
0: Equitable exchange.
1: exchange. Not equal, but equitable. 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 Yeah. Uh,
0: If the person, some people will perceive one exchange to be less or more than the other. And if that's the case, then you have to sit at the table, you know, reason with one another. And you want to walk away from each other with everyone feeling as if they've had an equitable exchange, a win-win. a win-win situation. That's
1: why I say so, equitable yes. instead of equal because, yes. you know, you can give me a banana and I can give you an orange and someone might say, well, the banana is, is has a higher value. Absolutely. But no, it only has the value that I perceive it to have. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we have that happening uh, now, especially with family. I was just listening to a YouTube recording uh, of Wayne Dyer, uh, late uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he was talking about uh, uh, his book, Pulling Your Own Strings. And one of the things that he indicated when I was actually preparing for the show, for the episode, was that the people that are in a position to pull your strings are your family members. Mm -hmm. And I will continue with that thought in the succeeding show next week. For sure, uh, in terms of we are, some of us are between a rock and a hard place, a partner expression, where we want to be loyal to our family members. We love them uh, the most amongst anyone else in our life, uh, starting from our spouse and our children, our parents and siblings. But one has to learn how to draw the line. And that's a discussion that we will have uh, in next week's episode. So again, I thank you all for tuning in. And before I do end the show, I must say that uh, we have a disclaimer that anything that you've heard on the show is purely for uh, informational uh, purposes in terms of how we live our life and the philosophy and the habits and, and modalities that my wife and I embrace uh, for our life's journey, and we recommend that anything that you hear before you uh, utilize any of these tools and ideas that you consult with your medical doctor, your, your personal advisor, professional advisor, your lawyer, etc. So I just had to make that clear. Now with that being said, we give homage and gratitude to the one most high, to our ancestors, to those who are constantly watch, watching upon us, our guardians and angels. And we say Heptaku, namaste, hotep, assalamu alaikum, shalom peace, love, and abundant blessings.